Hey guys, we're going to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere you can get your podcast. We're just so thankful that you guys are here and that you guys have found us today. All right, so this is a pop-up one. We haven't done a pop-up pod in forever. So I wanted to do one today. Um, so again, this is kind of uh, kind of like a brainstorm, kind of throwing some things out there, studying and uh, this is kind of how we brainstorm, like for sermons, for for other things, for regular study. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this as we kind of pod through and kind of go through what we're going to talk about today. All right. So I saw a um, I saw an interview with a uh, an NFL coach and this team has been pretty bad for probably a, a decade. They've been pretty bad. And so he's a fairly new coach and uh, they're actually starting to win now. And so in an interview that I saw, he mentioned to the press, he said, um, you know, when we were down, when people made fun of us, when people made jokes, when people said all this stuff, when people told us we couldn't be anything, we never would be anything. It's always going to be the same old, same old. He said, you know what? Now that we're winning, he said, I kept receipts. I kept receipts and now it's time to pay up. Now it's time to pay up. So when I heard that, I was like, ooh, that's a podcast. So I was like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll kind of go through that and maybe we'll talk through that a little bit later. Then I'm, I'm on the way to the office this morning and then a song about receipts came on. I was like, okay, this is destined. We got to do it today. We got to do it. So here's where we're going with this today. The podcast is entitled, I Have My Receipts. I Have My Receipts. You guys ever been to the store? And you ever like impulse buy? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a special holiday or a spe- it doesn't have to be like Black Friday or like a special sale. It's like you're in there and if you're in there with the right group or in there with the right person and then you see something, you're like, ooh, that's nice. I like that. Ooh, that's nice. And then the price is like not bad, but it's also like not what you're wanting to spend either. But then people are like, man, but that is nice. That is nice. I don't know how long that's going to be on sale like that. I don't know how long it's going to be here. So you're just like, I got to do it. You ever say that before? I got to do it. I just got to do it. And so you get it. And so then after you get it, obviously you want it. But then you have you kind of have some concern like, oh, you know, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know about this. Um, and so what do you do? Let me hold on to the receipt just in case. Let, let me hold on. Sometimes, guys, we do that with the people in our lives as Christians. Sometimes what we do is uh, we, we keep receipts, meaning this. The things that people have done, the, the offenses, the, the mistakes, the hurts, the disappointments, the pains, um, even something that maybe was even accidental, whatever you want to put in that little box there. When, when that kind of stuff happens to us, what we tend to do, just like we do when we shop, I'm going to keep the receipt on that. I'm going to keep the receipt on that. And so as we kind of talk about this and go through this, guys, I want you to think about your, yourself. And we, we all kind of think about each other as we're, as we're conversating, not really thinking about others, but think about us, right? Think about where we are and how we can get better. Um, how many receipts do y'all have? Let's be real. <laughs> okay, let's be real. How many receipts do you really have? And, and when I mean receipts, I mean, it, it's almost like you bring up, 
you bring up a topic, you bring up, I got the receipt. I got the receipt for that. I remember exactly what happened. I remember what they said. I remember when I remember when I needed help. But now that I'm up now, now that you're up now, now that things are different now, I remember that. I won't forget that. Sometimes that's what we can do. And, and as I think about that, guys, you know, we've been talking a lot about Joseph here. Matt's been preaching on him. Uh, we've been studying on him one-on-one -on -one to get ready for the sermons and the classes that both of us do and that he's been preaching on. Um, Joseph could have kept a lot of receipts for people. And maybe that's what you've been doing up to this point. Maybe you've been really keeping receipts. You know, it's it's almost like we want this insurance to make sure that people know what they've done to us. They know how they've affected us. Um, I want them to know how they hurt us. I want them to feel it. I want them to understand the hurt. I want them to understand how they made things difficult. I want them to understand how bad it was. Like I want them to get it right. And you want them to get it right. And so what we'll do is mentally, we may not even tell anyone. I'll remember that though. Just like that coach in the NFL. I remember, I remember all the jabs. I remember all the, now it's time to pay up. I got receipts. So here's what, here's what we're looking at here. So remember in 1 Corinthians 13, just throwing out ideas here. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, leave comments um, and also leave kind of comments on the uh, uh, social media pages on this too, because I want to see what you guys see um, as we're kind of brainstorming and conversating and uh, going through this. But obviously, 1 Corinthians 13 is brought up a lot with this. And this is very true. You know, talking about uh, verse 4, right? Love suffers long, right? It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. You know, it's it's kind. It envies not. It vaunteth not itself up. It's not puffed up, right? It does not behave itself unseemly, verse 5. It seeks not her own. It's not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. So here's what, here's what we really got a question with ourselves right now, guys, as we're kind of talking through this um, and conversating today. Um, how do I want to word it? Do we do we have love like we think we do or like we say we do? Do we have love like we think we do or like we say we do? Here's a here's a thing that through kind of my study through this and as I've been kind of just thinking on it, and based off of scripture and the implications of scripture, if we in any form keep receipts in, in that sense about when people have wronged us or whatever you want to put there, I challenge us, I, not even I, I think this, the scripture challenges us that if that has been the way that we've been living up to this point, we don't have, we really don't have love. We really don't. Because that's still selfish thinking. That's still thinking about how things affect you. So here, here's the thing about this conversation, especially when we talk about keeping receipts. Here's the thing, receipts and forgiveness, it kind of goes hand in hand. But when we talk about this, about keeping receipts and forgiveness, Here's here's what conversations and what concerns are brought up when you talk about forgiveness and keeping receipts. Okay, so I'm supposed to forgive, right? 
Luke 13, Luke, uh, Luke chapter five, man, Matthew chapter six, talking about forgiveness, right? All this stuff about forgiving, 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 forgiving. First Corinthians 13, all these, all these books and chapters that mention forgiveness and what Jesus is. Okay. I understand that concept, but here's the first kind of argument against this. So are you saying that in order to forgive, I'm basically to forget what happened? I'm to forget that hurt. I'm to forget that pain. I'm to forget what was, I'm, I'm just supposed to forget that. Like, like it never happened, right? Like, like it, like it never happened. So here's how I would answer that question. Number one, I wouldn't answer that question. Why? Because that proves that if that's the way that we respond to what Jesus said, to love your enemies, to forgive them, to go two miles with them. If that's the way that we respond to his forgiveness and how he forgives us, Luke chapter 17, even if we could answer that concern, you're, we're not ready. Because all that shows me and all that should show God is if when we talk about forgiveness, when we talk about keeping receipts, if that's our first instinct and if that's our first line of defense, whenever this topic is brought up, we just expose our hearts. We're not ready. We're not ready to forgive. I know that might be like a harsh reality, but, you know, I've had to do this for myself, too, as we studied through this. If that's the first thing that I think when a sermon or when a topic or when a podcast or a conversation on forgiveness is brought up, and if that's my first thought, I'm not ready. Why? Think about what we just said when we talked about keeping receipts and forgiveness. So are you saying, actually, no, I'm not saying. So are you saying that I'm supposed to forget what they did to me, what they said to me, what they did to me, how that affected me. So you're saying I'm so I'm supposed to forget that. You notice who was the focal point in your whole argument there? You, you and me. So what does that show us? I couldn't truly forgive even if I wanted to, because the focus is still on how everything affected me. So even if I could forgive, I wouldn't do it from the heart because guess what? I'm not ready. You know, guys, you know, you think about Luke 17, that that's, that's one that comes to mind uh, for sure. Talking about forgiveness when Jesus said offenses will come verse one, right? And if your brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, if, if he repent, forgive him. So here's the thing about Luke 17, Luke 17. And I think Luke 15 go together. Well, when you think about this concept, there has to be a readiness here to forgive. How do we know that? Think about Joseph. Let's go back to Genesis. So from Genesis 37 to Genesis 50, when he sees his brothers again, Joseph did test them, right? Joseph went through tests. But at the same time, what was Joseph getting himself prepared for just in case it happened? I'm getting prepared to forgive. What if I never see them again? Then I never see them. But what if I do? Think. I think that's how we kind of have to go through our Christian walk, guys. We kind of have this. We kind of have this concept of well, I'll, you know, it'll, 
you know, I'll never have the opportunity to forgive them. So, I mean, they're miles away. So why would I forgive? I'll never have that opportunity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Opportunity. Joseph could have thought that. I, I mean, I'll never see my brothers again. I'm in Egypt, and why would, why would they come here? Right? I'm, I'm here, and I'm second in command by now. I'm good. Forget, forget forgiveness. It's whatever. And that's what we'll say, too. It's whatever. It is. It's whatever. I'm here. They're doing whatever they're doing. But I know I'm good. I'm second in command. I have two beautiful sons. I have a beautiful wife. I have everything I could ever want. I'm good. It, it is what it is. And then we'll just leave it there. But when you think about Joseph, Joseph, it, it almost seems like he was preparing as if he would see them again. Then when they showed up, he recognized them and he, he was ready. He was ready. So now for us, when we talk about keeping receipts, guys, here's the thing that's uh, that'll hurt you when we talk about keeping receipts. Keeping receipts, um, it puts a weight on you because you always got to remember what somebody else did wrong. And you always have to keep this constant file in your head of every single thing that they've done wrong, everything that they've said. I mean, you just have to remember that. And think about all the energy and the mind space that you're holding just to remember people's faults. Have you ever thought about it that way? Think about how much mind space and things that were taken up just to sit here and just all I do is just remember. Anybody that comes across my path, whether currently in the past or now, whoever crosses your path, you have a section in your mind where you just have to sit there and remember what they did wrong. Here's the bad thing about that. If that's the way that you and I live life, if we always remember what people did wrong, how people did things the wrong way or maybe weren't whatever. Here's the negative part about that. One of the negative parts about it. No one's ever going to be good enough for you. No one. And that's where in our previous podcast, then you'll build this fortress where you'll go off on your own because nobody will ever live up to you of your standard of perfection. So now everybody's not perfect. So now anybody that comes into your life, whoever they are, older, younger, whoever it is, you're almost sitting there expecting for them to mess up because that's what everybody else has done to you too. So then guess what? I got the receipt. I got the receipt. You see how much weight that can put on us? It can put a lot of weight on your shoulders. Here's another thing. As, as, as we're conversating on this and talking about this um, through scripture, I think about um, another argument. 
Okay, I understand this concept of keeping receipts. I understand 1 Corinthians 13. I understand Luke 17. I understand that we're supposed to forgive. I understand that we're supposed to love our enemies and, and do the things that Jesus wants us to do. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6. I get it. But are you saying that you want me to be like a pushover to where no matter what anybody does, no matter what anybody says, no matter what they do or how they do it, it's almost like I'm supposed to be like, eh, don't worry about it. That's the other argument that you hear about forgiveness. Eh, just don't worry about it. So now are you saying that that people can just treat me and do and basically walk all over me because they know whatever they do to me, I'm not going to say nothing. They know whatever they do to me, I'm not going to retaliate. They know that. So are you saying that I'm supposed to be a pushover? Good question. But again, this is a question that I wouldn't answer. Because again, our mind's in, in the wrong place. See, here's, here's the thing that I'm noticing about myself and just about people in scripture and just in general. When we want to get away from what we're supposed to be doing, we always have to go to the extreme. So are you saying, you see what I'm saying? So now you kind of have, you have to go to the extreme right or to the extreme left. So to get off the point, we're not going to chase those rabbits. So what are we talking about? Keeping receipts and forgiveness. So are you saying that I'm supposed to be a pushover? Think about this. Look at, and I'm going to do a sermon on, um, on this when I get back, Lord willing, um, so, so think about uh, Luke 23. Luke 23. And remember when Jesus is being scourged and, and spit upon and made fun of and people are doing all these things to him. Hey, who hit you? Throwing subtle jabs to him to see if he's going to respond. See if he's going to say something. Okay. So the original concern was, well, am I supposed to be a pushover? So think about this. Think about a Roman soldier. Remember Simon the Cyrene in Luke 23, and I'm going to preach a sermon on him. Remember Simon, and remember how the Roman soldier compelled him to go pick up the cross? Romans had that authority to where if they wanted a random citizen to carry their bags a mile, they would have to. That's where that concept where Jesus said, if they ask for a mile, go with him too, because they had the authority to literally just, hey, you pick this up and just follow me. They had that authority. So that's where Jesus got that example from. So the people then in scripture would have understood that. Okay. So now Simon was compelled to carry the cross of Jesus. So now as this is happening, what's happening to Jesus in Luke 23? So not only is the crowd crying, crucify him, but now Jesus, after being brutally scourged, he has to carry his own cross. And as he's carrying his own cross, they're making fun of him. They're spitting on him. They're yelling at him. They're saying all, they're mocking him. All these things that people are doing to our Lord. Now, Simon, who was just passing by, it's called. Now, what do you think is happening to Simon? Same thing. Being mocked for no reason. Yelled at for no reason. You're now associated with this man, Jesus, because you've been compelled to carry his cross with him. 
So now everything that's happening to him in that in that specific moment, most likely is happening to you. So now think about this. Keep that in mind. Follow that for a second. Think about a Roman soldier who compelled Simon in Luke 23. Roman soldiers depicted as basically Greek gods. Jacked out of their minds. Just ridiculous. Menly men, right? Who were trained since they were boys to fight for Rome. And then you have Jesus, who people depict him as this weak man, but he was a carpenter, so he was probably pretty well built as well. But Jesus was not trained to be a soldier. The Roman man was. So let's compare two men, just man to man. One man who is pretty well built, but he's trained to fight. He's a trained killer. But then you have Jesus, probably pretty well built himself, but he was not trained to fight like that. Who are you picking? And in that specific circumstance, the Roman who now has the authority to compel Simon to do what he wants him to do. You have that Roman soldier and you have Jesus. Who's the pushover in that circumstance, guys? I can spit on Jesus. He's not going to say nothing. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of him. I'm going I'm to give him subtle, subtle jabs in person, subtle jabs at get-togethers, subtle jabs on social media. He's <laughs> not going to do nothing. Look at him. And even if he wanted to try me and fight me, I'm going to beat him anyway because he's not trained. So who's the real pushover here in this situation? The Roman soldier would say our Lord would, would be the pushover. But who is the strongest man in that circumstance, guys? Jesus. But why? Because he was trained to kill? No. Because he had muscles bulging out of his body? No. Because he was an alpha man, right? What made Jesus strong? Jesus didn't keep receipts, guys. <laughs> Jesus didn't keep receipts. That's what made Jesus strong. And along with his strength, along with his ability to protect. Now, what, it, what could Jesus have done? Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did Jesus say to Peter? Did you know that I could call 10,000 angels right now? Did you know I could do that? But I'm not. Jesus didn't keep receipts. See, guys, here's what here's what's, what we're talking about here as we're brainstorming and conversating today. We say, now, what, what was the original concern and concern number two? So are you saying that I'm supposed to be a pushover. Think about it. If Jesus, being willing to do all that he did and not say a word, how would we describe him? Now, when we come to worship, when we come to a devotional, when we come to a study, when we sing, when we pray, who do we always say that we want to imitate? Okay. So if we sing and we pray and we read and we assemble 
and we say we want to be like him, but we don't want to be what he was and how he did it and the way that he did it, we really don't want to be like him. We really don't want to be strong like he does. We want to take the control. I want to make sure that they know that they can't cross me. I want to make, I want them to know that they can't do. Now, I might, it might not be violent, but they'll know you can't mess with me. Is that really it though? Guys, is that really it? And sometimes when we study scripture and as I've studied here and with our college group and, and with Matt and, and others, um, you gotta, we gotta challenge ourselves here. And that's the best of beauty, guys, of studying scripture together. It's, it's challenging where we are. It's challenging what we're doing and how we can get better. There's also encouragement of how we can encourage and appreciate those around us and appreciate the brethren and the things that they're doing so well. But we have to have a healthy dose of both. And sometimes we need to challenge ourselves. Am I, am I really living and am I really trying to imitate him? Or in some way, am I still keeping receipts? That's a question. That's a question. That is the question. So now, here's, here's, a, here's another thing that we got to bring up too. People have this concept that because Jesus said to forgive, that it's going to be easy to forgive. He never said it'd be easy to do it. So do you think it was easy for Jesus to even physically say, Father, forgive them? He had to, he had to come up just to breathe. So to say a full-on sentence while he's hanging on the cross, just the sentence itself would have been hard to say. But Jesus knew what was right. Guys, what, what I'm trying to do better and I hope what we want to try to do better, a lot of times we can listen to society. We can listen to a lot of people around us that have been hurt. And we can let them influence how we respond to being hurt or pain or whatever you want to put there. But here's the thing that the church was always meant to be in everything for everyone. According to Matthew 5, the church being the light. We're supposed to show through scripture and it's not it's not even us. It's it's Christ living in us. We're supposed to show how things are supposed to be. So the church. And that's what we're trying to strive to become. The church should be the standard, not society. We should, that's, that's the sole reason of how we should stand out because we're so different. And you know, we, we can be different in our forgiveness. We can be different in that guys. And I'm not saying that forgiveness is going to be easy. Forgiveness is very hard. Forgiveness is, is not a, it's not a hard thing to do. I mean, it is a hard thing to do, but here's, we have to keep the right, what's the word? We have to keep the right, um, I guess, perception on forgiveness. Here's why. 
two examples real quick. I think about I think about Matthew 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Right? I think about uh, the book of Job. And by studying this book, it seems as if his friends, they weren't bad people. They just didn't know what they were saying. And sometimes uh, that's what can happen in your life too. The people around you aren't necessarily bad people. They just don't know what they're saying. And so that's why God later at the end of the book of Job had to tell them the things that you've said of my servant Job are not right. Now, again, sometimes when God speaks, and especially in the Old Testament, when he speaks, and especially when someone has done something that wrong or, or they embody some type of evil within them, God calls them out as a person. Now, he did say, Eliphaz, the things that you have spoken about Job are not right. But again, we have to understand that they didn't know what they were saying here. So as this is going on for months and Job is going through his own suffering, Job chapter 42, it's important, verse 10. Actually, no, let's start in verse 8 because we got to get some of this too. Take therefore unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and you will go to my servant Job, and you will offer up yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job, what will he do? He will pray for you. What's always associated with forgiveness? Prayer. My servant Job shall pray for you. Now, what is Job still in at this current time? Captivity. He's still hurting. So now, as he's still hurting, can you imagine that prayer? Can you imagine? That's, I mean, just, just think about it with me for a second. Just think about it. The, the prayer of Job in Job chapter 42. Father, please be with Bildad, Zophar, and Eliphaz. We pray that you will be with them, that you will bless them. We know the things that they've been saying about me are not right, but that you would protect them, you would protect their families, and you would bless them and help me to be able to still be a servant and to still be a friend to my friends. Just think about that. Then verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when Job did what? When he forgave when he prayed for them. Would Job's captivity have changed if he did not truly pray and forgive from the heart? I don't think so. I think the book of Job is also a book of mercy. Guys, here's the thing. I make mistakes all the time. I let people down all the time. I may not do things right. I know I don't do things right all the time. But the reason why it's best not to keep receipts is because I know and you should know that we need mercy too. So why withhold it knowing that you need it? So I know sometimes it's going to be hard 
man, I forgive you. I forgive you. I, I forgive you. I know it's going to be tough. But understand that in order to truly be merciful and forgive, sometimes like Joseph, the Lord's going to have to put you through some things so you can understand what real mercy is, to understand what real forgiveness is. You know, here's something that's, as we kind of close this these, these thoughts in this podcast, I talked with Matt about this at, I forgot where we were, but we were studying and talking through some stuff. And we talked about forgiveness and being like God from Luke 17. <clears throat> and as we talked about it, being from both of us being from a competitive sports background and just being competitive in general, it's very easy sometimes not to want to forgive. And it's not like you're going to retaliate or do things bad, but it's just like, okay, I'll remember that. You know, and here's what, here's what Luke 17 teaches. Forgiveness allows you to be selfless. That's a part of the process of not keeping receipts. Not keeping receipts and actually keeping those things, guys. It actually holds you back from loving the way that you need to love. It's crazy. The more receipts that you hold on to, basically all the receipts that you've held on to up to this point, let's just say you've been holding on to it for 10 years. Let's just say those are 10 years that your love was not like Christ. Let's say you've been holding it for five years. Those are five years where your love was not like Christ. Let's say you've been holding it for a couple months. That's months where your love was not like Christ. You got to be ready. You got to be selfless. And it's, that's the beauty about opening your heart to God, but then opening up your heart to people. When you open up your heart to God, you know when you do that, and you know when you open up your heart to people, you know that you're going to get hurt. That's just the nature of opening up. That's the nature of it. But that's the path that gets you the closest to his heart. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, to be like him. More like you. All these songs that we sing, but we don't want to live it. I want to be more like him, guys. I really do. And it's and I hope you want to as well. All of us together. You know, we're all in this together. So let's not keep those receipts. Um, let's really look at his heart, man, and, and study his heart and mold ourselves after his heart. I know when it when it comes to forgiveness, it's easy to go extreme. It's easy to make excuses. It's easy to seclude. It's easy to hold those receipts. It's easy to get mad and stay mad and let that let that anger and let that whatever, let that fuel you because it can be fuel in a sense. But it's not the way to be like Christ. That's not, it's not the way. But let's start walking towards the way because that's what Jesus said he was. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life.
We got to be like him. Everything, man, everything in this life, regardless of what you've seen or what you've gone through, everything in this life is about being like him. That's it. That's it. We could try to make it other things, but everything is about being like him. And until we adjust, we're always going to live in hurt. We're going to live in anger. We're going to live in bitterness. We're going we're gonna to live in wrath. And if you've been living that way and keeping receipts, you're pretty tired, aren't you? I mean, holding that on, I mean, it, it burns you out. I mean, it can get lit pretty quick when you think about it. But after that, it pretty much burns you. It's all about being like him. I hope you want to do that, man. I want to do it, too. Um, this is why we need each other, man, help each other get here. So. I hope you want to you want to be like Christ as I do. Um, again, if, if you want to reach out, reach out to us. You know, if you're local, come to West End, West End Church of Christ. We love to have you guys here, study, be a part of what we got going on. Um, check us out on you know online. Check out the podcast. Leave comments, send messages, whatever. You know, we're, we are appreciative of uh, all you guys here at When the Scriptures Become Real, and we're just so thankful for you guys, and uh, we appreciate what you guys have done for the podcast. Make sure you look out for next week. I've got a podcast with a couple friends of mine, and hopefully the scenery will be kind of nice too. So looking forward to that. Um, so Lord willing, probably late next week, uh, we'll see you guys then. Thanks, guys.